From the Transverse Network, this is The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-acceptance and discovery. I'm your host, Emily. This week on the show is Cole, a non-binary trans femme TikTok creator who prides themselves on top-tier trans crap posting, sharing their experience of transition, and many, many puns. Please welcome Cole. Hey, uh, lovely to be on. Thank you so much for coming. It's great to have you here. I saw a video of yours where you said, tell me you're trans, no gimmicks, just I want to meet a lot of cool trans people and your energy was mm -hmm. wonderful. And I thought this is a very sweet person. I need to have him on the show as soon as possible. Yeah, that was a very fun TikTok. I still get like I made that back in what was it like? I don't even know. It was like months and months ago and I still get the occasional stitch from it. It's it's wild. <laughs> Let's start first with how you identify. I kind of teased it there in the intro, but let, let's hear it from your words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, basically the the labels that I use, uh, non-binary, trans, femme, uh, basically like I, I, I'm still finding exactly where it lands per se, but I've, I've described myself as like woman adjacent or like my gender is feminine, but not a woman. So, similar to that aspect, uh, kind of gives a general vibe. I don't identify with um, any sort of uh, gender fluid or gender flux, though. My gender is very static. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that there's like, gender's, you know, gender's what it is. I don't necessarily know. But yeah, I, identity is definitely one of those things that like, um, labels are very helpful and can help crystallize a lot of stuff. But I, I tend not to focus too much on the exact label and more just like what makes me the most comfortable cishet society or non-queer spaces i very much just present as um as uh, a trans woman or something else like that just because that's easier uh and it's close enough for me and going through the hassle of trying to add this nuance that very often trans people sometimes have difficulty with um as well just onto the cishet folk it doesn't and non-queer people it feels just kind of not not um something i i care to do for the most part mm-hmm so as we jump into your story here, we'll start with my favorite question. How did you choose your name? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Cole is my birth name. All uh, right. I mean, my decision to keep my name was one of just, um, I tried out a couple different names. Um, I tried out like one name when I was like first like trying out gender stuff and then didn't really try again. But when I was about coming out, I was kind of had a lot of turmoil and stuff because um, I was like, oh, I'm coming out. If I have a name change, I should do it now. And I kind of had a few names that I tried in like some Discord servers for uh, a couple days to a week. And it was just like, no, I, Cole feels like it fits me. Hmm. So yeah, just stuck with it. Nice. So have you gone forward then with any documentation changes? Obviously the name oh, Golden, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. gender changes? Yeah, um, I've updated so far my license and passport. Uh, my passport's in the mail still. Hopefully I'll get it soon. Uh, but yeah, it was relatively easy where I live. So it was simple enough procedure. I just did it, especially without the name change. Um, I think the only thing I have left is my social security, um, which has like a gender tied to it in the back end, not on the card itself. Mm. And uh, my birth certificate, which unfortunately, um, the state does require some form of surgery. So I can't do that at the moment, but um, I will do that eventually. So. Mm. When did you first realize that you were trans? What were some of those signs? Yeah. Um, well, the first time I consciously thought, am I trans was about like two years ago, almost to the date. Uh, I don't actually know the exact date, but it was definitely like October or something, 2019. 
Um, I was listening to a video um, and I was hearing someone describe uh, their body hairs. A, a trans person uh, described like their body hair as like insect hair, not even like real hair. Uh-huh. Um, and that's exactly how I felt about body hair. Uh, and I thought, oh, oh, oh. And, and then I was in a relationship at the time, so I repressed that and didn't deal with it for a while. Uh, the relationship ended and I went in and it was like, maybe I should try this out. And for the first like couple of months, six months or so of questioning, it was very much questioning my gender presentation mm-hmm. and breaking that down. Um, but then I think in uh, end of July, end of August, I started getting like, what, what about gender though? You've done gender presentation, but what about gender? Um, and then I think about a year ago, like I think October onward was kind of where my egg like finally cracked a hefty amount Mm -hmm. but i didn't um i was still using uh he him pronouns until the end until like mid-december was when i switched to any pronouns and then privately well publicly i used any pronouns um on tiktok since then um well and then when i came out again um but then i switched to she they for um a while and took some time to actually call myself trans. It took some time to call myself actually non-binary and other stuff like that. Um, just cause of like a lot of uncertainty and a lot of things that I was dealing with. Um, and in fact, like I was hesitant to call myself trans even like after I started HRT <laughs> cause I was very much using HRT as kind of a, a litmus test and more of like a, I'll try it for a couple months, see if mm-hmm. I like it. And if I don't like it, I'll go back. Um, and just like stop taking HRT. If I like it, then I like it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, a condensed cut of my story. I think I have a fuller version of it on my YouTube channel as well. I love the, um, you know, I'm not claiming the trans identity is common thread in our community of like, you know, I, I mm-hmm. love, I, I really like that we've heard several times that, you know, of therapists that basically say, um, if you're questioning questioning your gender identity, you're you're trans you're probably trans yeah like, that's pretty much the the the, the baseline because mm-hmm. like cis people don't do that yeah well i mean i have met a couple of cis people who have like questioned their gender and come back to being like no i am definitely my gender but it is a much heavier indication that like if if you constantly are questioning your gender there's probably something to look into there mm-hmm. like Another video of yours that I love that I saw today mm-hmm. was a dysphoria one where you were um, claiming, I don't really think I have dysphoria. And, uh, <laughs> and then you cut well, to an I... alter ego yelling at yourself about, about a certain thing that happened in the shower, I think it was. I literally, in the, this was like right as I was starting HRT. I'm going to expand on this because it's hilarious. But like I was basically like in February 2020, I was basically deciding, should I start HRT or should I not? Because I basically at that point switched to she, they, and I was like, mm, I should. I feel like this would be good. And I was like, I, I basically was thinking like in my past and other stuff like that. And just like, I think it was a mix of crying about like that my body had either gotten more masculine or like I was like scared of my body getting more masculine. And I broke down crying in the shower, just being like, no, my body's going to get more masculine. And after that, it took me four months to actually use the word dysphoria for myself. <laughs> four months. I was three months on HRT. By the time I u- called, said what I was having was dysphoria because I thought it wasn't dysphoria enough. It was don't gatekeep yourself. It's dumb. 
<laughs> but it, it's it's so common and so easy, right? It's so you know, common. the the narrative is you're supposed to grow up your whole life hating your body. You're in the wrong body. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be super obvious, and that's how mm -hmm. you're that's how you know you're trans. And it's like when it's not that, which I don't know even how much the time it is that, um, it 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 makes it hard. <laughs> So looking it back was... to your childhood, did you have breadcrumbs that once you came out and understood, like you could look back and go, oh, oh yeah, that, uh-huh. Okay. There's another indicator there. And I don't think I had many signs or could have even figured it out um, until I was like 15 or 16. Cause I, I was kind of a late puberty starter anyway. Mm. And puberty didn't really Puberty hit me very, very slowly and didn't fully um, hit me until like 18 or 19 or something. Like I could, my first couple of years at college, I could not shave for months and I would have no visible facial hair. Um, and it's just like, that's kind of how my body just was. So I didn't get a lot of um, body dysphoria in my youth. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So you said that but it took you... <laughs> three months into HRT to yeah. start to, to, you know, identify as trans and identify what you were going through as dysphoria. What mm -hmm. were some of the key things that you went through in accepting the fact that you were trans? What was it that, that kind of helped you come to that realization and, and self-acceptance mm -hmm. in that yeah. So I think, um, a large part of it was, um, talking to other trans people because up until I think like, what was it? February, 2020, which was like right after I started using she, they pronouns. I had only talked to a handful of trans people and the people I talked to were either, uh, non-binary or like trans mask, trans man. Um, hmm. and I never actually had anybody who was trans feminine, um, who I could talk to about identity and other stuff like that. Um, so a lot of people who I knew from like the, the trans femme experience were people like YouTubers or anything else like that, who I, who I watched. And, um, basically I joined some discord servers and from there, I met a lot of really nice trans femme people, um, who I started talking to more about and basically, um, got some form of, uh, validation from seeing trans people just talking about their experiences and other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think like for the most part, I started using and fully like accepted like yeah i'm probably trans um around like a month ish like a couple weeks in hrt i was like yeah i'm probably trans i'm gonna go with this but very much was like yeah but no dysphoria just a euphoria based experience because of denial and gatekeeping myself be like it's not dysphoria enough which no if if you think like dysphoria describes your experience it describes your experience like if you have to go through mm, but it's not dysphoria really it's dysphoria like yeah you're just spending too much time fighting yourself yeah and like that's basically but still like i know about myself like i had stuff that i needed to like uh I mean, like, I just had stuff where, like, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of stuff going into it that very much largely have just been like, nope, that was for nothing. Okay, cool. And, and a large part of that was, like, just the fears of, like, oh, no, if I use a label and it doesn't fit, what happens then? And it's just, like, it, you just you just pick a new label. It's fine. Nobody's going to yell at you. Mm -hmm. And if somebody yells at you for switching up labels because you didn't understand fully or you were, like, or your identity changes or your understanding of your identity changes they're kind of shitty people. Like if they're going to yell at you for just updating your identity, you know? 
so as you entered into this part of the beginning of your journey and you found these discord servers did you find any anyone in particular to be a role model or a confidant to really kind of help guide you through your experience uh yeah so a couple months into it i think like a month and a half for me into hrt and like three months into like using Chile and basically using the trans label um i met like someone who's basically like one of my closest friends now and she's very lovely um uh she's a trans woman and we met on a discord server uh and i've just i've talked with her a lot and it's very lovely to have somebody to talk to with my experiences who understands what i'm going through and understands and able to give some form of advice and other stuff like that yeah so and again, yeah. it's nice to have validation on the individual, the small steps. It's mm -hmm. easier to get kind of like the the wider va validation in a community. Yeah. Individual personal relationships are very nice, especially because like um, it's very hard sometimes when you want to just say like, hey, what's this experience? And people can be like, oh, this, this, this. But as conversation moves on in Discord or anything else like that, it's hard to like focus in on your issue because stuff moves on, stuff topic. And that's just the nature of conversation, you know? Um stuff comes and goes. But if you want to sit down with somebody and be like, hey, do you have like an hour to talk about this? I'm just going through something right now and it'd be nice to just bounce something off. That's a very different type of resource and it's a very different type of support that can't really be done on a on a group scale as effectively, I feel like. Also, speaking of personal relationships, mm -hmm. oh boy, I have so many more friends now. It's ridiculous. I I used to have like two to three, maybe four people at any given moment in my life who I would like consider a friend or somebody to talk to. Um, and now thanks to in part to like the pandemic and then uh, transitioning and being in trans communities and feeling more comfortable as myself. Um, I have like, I have so many friends and relationships and it's wonderful. How did you come out? You know, some people do individual conversations, <laughs> some do a letter or email texts. What was, what was your main method? Ooh. This is very fun because I did many different methods and they're all fun. Hmm. Um, so um, my parents, I basically um, will probably talk more about parent stuff in a, or family stuff in a little bit. But um, I was just on a FaceTime call with them. And uh, I, I first came out to them as non-binary with any pronouns um, right as 2020 ended on New Year's Eve because I was like, I should get this over with before the new year starts. Uh, and I basically just called them up on FaceTime being like, hey, I'm non-binary, any pronouns. Um, and I basically was like, um, I ended up getting like a, a gender therapist as well. Uh, like way before this was when I would like seeked it out. And like, I asked for them for advice cause I'm selling their insurance. So I wanted to know like how insurance stuff all works for that. And basically because of that, like they knew I was going, they knew when the sessions were and everything else like that. And they checked in a little bit afterwards and being like, Hey, how did that go? And I'm like, so any pronouns was wrong. It's actually she, they, and I'm thinking of starting HRT. Um, and it just kind of happened and I didn't really plan it out that much. Um, and then dealt with that. Then I think like most of the other things like were either just like for close friends, it was either close friends and family. It was like either a FaceTime call or a phone call, depending on the person. Um, and then I came out in Snapchats, um, occasionally when it was just like, Hey, by the way, I'm trans, she, they, have fun. And I just sent that to people. Um, and then for like uh, surrounding friends or people I like vaguely knew and wanted to update about my life. Um, and then uh, there were some Discord chats that I was in that um, like I had some Discord servers um, 
for a friend group. Um, and I basically just posted a meme uh, that was like um, giving a speech about how I'm trans. No post, you know, shitty meme coming out as trans. Heck yeah. And I just came out that way. Um, and then for like work, I just posted a message uh for facebook though i made a 25 minute youtube video so <laughs> that's just a video essay um about like gender what it is my experience through it and a do and don't guide for um if somebody comes out to you so lots of varying methods ranging from posting an actual shit post meme to making and producing a 25 minute video <laughs> covered all the bases that's great all the bases I don't regret a single one of them. I don't regret uh, coming out to my parents the way I did necessarily, but I wish I would have prepared myself a bit better mentally. Other than that, though, everything that I did, it worked well for the purpose it was intended to. And that's that's the best you can do for coming out. There is no one size fits all. And the ones I did made sense and worked for uh, what I did. Perfect. What's hilarious. Sorry, one more time. I'm sorry. I'm talking so long, which isn't the point. That's a good thing. No, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The show is about you. So, right. Let's go. <laughs> no. Um, so, I posted a thing in like my um, work Slack and stuff. And somebody was just like, they were off doing their own thing. It's kind of like somebody who I, I don't work with that often. Um, like, they didn't check their, their slacks at all for like three months. So they messaged me three months after I came out being like, hey, I just saw your post. Congrats. And I'm sorry for not showing support earlier because I did not know. <laughs> and I found that to be hilarious. Yeah. But no, they were lovely. They um, responded very appropriately. But I found it hilarious on my end because they, they were reacting like, oh, no, I feel like I've messed up severely. And I'm like, you just didn't check the channel. It's fine. Uh, so so you mentioned um the the FaceTime with your family and mm -hmm. a little bit of you know maybe I should have prepared myself a little bit um more mm -hmm. for that. What was your relationship like before with them and how mm -hmm. did this this revelation affect things with them? Yeah, so um for the most part I don't think I've ever been super super close to my family in part due to um I don't know whatever for my family but in part due to the fact that like because I was like trans and I didn't know it, I had a lot of dysphoria and a lot of stuff that I had to unpack um, that like made me not really be present fully in relationships. You know, hmm. turns out if if you're faking a gender, you, you often aren't like fully there. Uh, <laughs> but in addition to that, um, when I, I came out, um, basically like they, it went okay the first night, but then there was some like pushback and they had concerns and other stuff like that mm -hmm. that they brought up a little bit afterwards um and effectively i just shut that down um and was like nope i'm not gonna hear any of these concerns hmm. um i'm gonna do what i do if you like that cool if you don't whatever wow i don't need to be in your life if that's the case and that was basically where i set the line and they've reacted uh fairly decently after that um stuff's been on and off i do get like accidentally misgendered but they do correct themselves um and other stuff move on so it's just kind of one of those things that's like it takes time i suppose even though it's very annoying and very and it shouldn't take time okay really but um that's kind of where it is i'm much closer with my dad now than i was beforehand um and i'm i'm basically at the same level with my mom uh and and siblings i'm basically at the same level as well but i i am closer to my sister though so that's very lovely hmm. 
And uh, who was the hardest person for you to come out to then? Hmm. Who was it? Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, if like in retrospect, it was definitely, um, definitely my parents. Cause they were the biggest form of like pushback that I got. And I was very scared, uh, to come out to them, but very much, I think it, all of them were very difficult in different ways. Um, like I came out to, um, I came out to an ex of mine who I'm still very good friends with and stuff. And there's a lot of stuff tied into that of like wanting, um, this, person who used to be very important and still is incredibly important, but that like used to have a very intimate relationship with, um, it feels like there's more at stake almost than just like a friendship feels like not necessarily that might be just a me thing, but it, there's like a oddness there that I was very scared to, that I wasn't with, um, some of my other friends. Um, and then I think as well, like publicly coming out was very, um, scary. Um, just cause like, there's a lot of anxieties tied up into that. Yeah. Um, I came out on TikTok actually um, about like two and a half, three months into HRT. Um, and by the time, like I already had gotten gendered correctly um, and gendered with like she, her pronouns um, from videos that got like viral and got off into just like not mainstream TikTok, but like outside of gender at all. And I, I stayed, I didn't give myself any labels at all. I never called myself non-binary or trans or anything else like that until uh, May 26th, um, which was like i think they're like a little under three months uh from when i started hrt so i just i just didn't really feel comfortable because i was like i want to make sure first which yeah. in retrospect i'd be what it be was there anybody that you came out to that supported you in a way or in an um, amount that surprised you when I came out to my ex who I was like nervous to talk to um she was probably like one of the best coming out experiences that i've had ever the first reaction i was just like hey so i've been dealing with this gender stuff and I, I like i had been talking to her about my gender crisis a little bit throughout it happening um and it was basically like so i'm using my pronouns are now she they and i'm thinking of starting hrt soon um and without missing a beat uh, she just went that's awesome what's hrt and just like <laughs> immediate support and just not like she didn't necessarily know, but she knew like, hey, you've you've obviously researched this. You obviously know that this is what's best for you. Cool. That's awesome. Keep, bring me up to speed, though. Uh, and it was just very lovely. Um, and she was also going through like a sexuality crisis of her own. And basically was just like, this may sound a bit selfish, but you know what? This actually helps me with my sexuality crisis and figuring stuff out. And just like immediately just not being seen as a guy was just very lovely to me. I very much liked it because like, if I can be somebody's sapphic awakening, like that is pristine. That is lovely. So this is sort of our big idea question, a little bit more ethereal. What does transition look like for you or what, what does it mean for you? Yeah. Um, so transition for me has basically first and foremost, always been about my comfort and making myself feel more comfortable in my life. Um, that's basically what everything's come down to. Um, there are some like sub goals of that, that I have that are very like starting HRT was very much a goal. There are some like, um, surgeries that I'm going to be pursuing that are going to make it a lot, my life a lot more comfortable as well. And other stuff like that and changing my presentation, everything else like that, um, makes it so that people, um, perceive me, uh, not just as a guy, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
but it's all tied back to me from what makes me the most comfortable. Um, and that's kind of just how I approach transition. And how far along do you feel you are in your process? Um, I feel like I've recently switched from being early into transition into like a mid transition mm -hmm. uh, thing. Starting HRT, having to come out with everybody or not necessarily, ha but coming out to everybody, everything else like that. There was a lot. It was a big, fast period of stuff happening. Um, and that the stuff of like first new things, everything else like that continued until like a couple months ago, three, four months ago, maybe. Um, and then after that, it's kind of been I am settling into like this new like being perceived as my gender or at least close enough um to it for most cases um and i am uh i'm kind of just settling in now there's not a lot that's just necessarily new there are things that pop up like i recently went swimming for the first time in years and years um just at like a at a little hotel pool and it was very cool and it was very fun i feel like i've settled down a lot into being perceived how i am perceived I'm just kind of vibing in my gender and just having a fun time. But I still feel like there's stuff that I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to. So, Have your goals shifted at all as you've moved through your transition? I never really had any of those. I was taking HRT as like, I'll try HRT. And if I don't like it, I'll stop. That was my baseline. That's where I started. Mm -hmm. I didn't have goals beyond that. Everything I've done has been what makes me the most comfortable now and what's going to make my life better. And it's just been step after step of like, I'm going to try, I'm going to do this. This is, and it's just been like here. Okay. This is a source of like discomfort, dysphoria. This is a source of like not enjoyment. How do I address this? How do I fix this? And there's a lot of like planning and planning ahead and other stuff like that, that comes from there. Hmm. But I've never like looked at a list of, Hmm, what should I do and cross it off? Like, Cause I, I've just taken it as it comes up and very much my transition has been, uh, and my goals have very much been what works best for me. I haven't taken a list from someone and been like, these are, this is everything you need to do to be trans. Cause first off, those lists are very kind of like trans -medi. I, I don't vibe with that in general. <laughs> um, but very much like, I've not really ever been like, what do other people do? It's very much been like, what, what, what's going to make me feel better about myself or make me feel more comfortable in my skin? I have a feeling that, that uh, there isn't going to be much of an answer to this next question. What are some of the key fears that you've had throughout your transition and how have you overcome those? Uh, you'd be a bit wrong. Um, so for me, there are a lot of fears that I've had. A large part of it is like, oh God, what if I'm not actually trans? Which I'm sure is very common experience and a very common sentiment because like, oh gosh, what if I say I'm dysphoric and I'm not? And there's all these like things that are based in like these hypotheticals that I find just very annoying when they come up. A large part of it is I have a fear of change, which for me is like being trans and transitioning medically. It's like, that's not, those don't gel super well together, no. but it happens. Like I've literally, every time I've upped my dose of HRT, I have freaked out and been like, oh no, what if this makes things worse? And it's like, Cole, why, why are you doing this? Sweet, lovely Cole, why? <laughs> and it's just one of those things of like, I am very scared of like change in any capacity. And that sucks. <laughs> But like every time I've changed something, it's worked out better. So like at the end of the day, I it's a fear I have that I'm just like, this is a dumb fear. 
This fear doesn't make sense. Don't listen to it. I think tied to that as well, I've also had a lot of fears of like, oh, if I use this new label or if I do this and then go back on it, does that like give a bad name to the trans community and everything else like that? And there's not really much like in the basis of validity. And if people are going to be transphobic and like oppress trans people and do other stuff like that, they are going to do it regardless of whatever story they find. People's journeys, it all goes through differently, right? And going through and navigating this path, like do what's best for you as non-binary trans femme. I often think like, oh no, what if I'm just non-binary, like agender, or what if I'm a trans woman and everything else like this? And I get stuck with these hypotheticals about like, oh, what if? And very much, I just have to like remind myself, I'm not living in hypotheticals. I'm living in my life. I'm living my gender as my gender is now. And I'm not going to try and justify my life and justify the labels or transition that I do on the basis of a hypothetical that might not even happen. I'm, I'm going to do what makes me feel the most comfortable now. Mm-hmm. What forms of dysphoria do you struggle with these days? Are you still kind of um, hit with some? Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, my body hair dysphoria is mostly gone at this point. Still yeah. get it occasionally, but my, my facial hair dysphoria, bad, getting electrolysis for that at some point. Um, my voice, actually. So, like, I know that my voice is, like, very feminine. And nobody's going to perceive this as mask in any capacity. Um, but I still get a lot of voice dysphoria. Um, and there'll be moments when, like, my voice dips down, like, half a semitone in in its register. And I'll pick up on that and be like, oh, no. And everyone looks at me and be like, Cole, what are you talking about? It's fine. But it's like, no, but I was dysphoric. I, yeah. I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get a... I have a lot of bottom dysphoria and I am working on dealing with that. But that's, uh, that's kind of the dysphoria I deal with on a week to week, day to day ish. When something like that hits, what are the things that you do to find, you know, your feminine, your feminine side and, and kind of mm-hmm. get into your identity that revalidates yourself? Uh, so there's a couple different things that I do. Um, I do retail therapy occasionally, Ooh, which fine. isn't great, but like buying a new set of clothes that I haven't like associated with me before. Very useful to have a fresh slate of just like, Oh, this is me. Mm -hmm. Uh, cool. I am perceived as myself. Um, which is very nice. Um, and then I'll also sometimes ask my friends to be like, Hey, can you give me some gender hype? Just, just flood me with feminine stuff. Just call me pretty, call me cute. All these other things of just like, just, I need some hype on my gender. So oftentimes I'm dysphoric. I'm like, oh, I don't feel great. It's like, when's the last time you shower shaved and basically took care of yourself? And it's like, oh, it's been a hot sec. Just do that then. And I just have to yell at myself of just like, just shave, just shave your legs, shave your face, take a shower. You will feel so much less dysphoric. But then of course, when I'm dysphoric, I lose a lot of energy and a lot of motivation. So it's two wolves inside you. They both make you dysphoric. Fight. Just... And then it just spirals and, and yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of what it'd be. So. <laughs> so how do you feel transitioning has affected your mental health? Obviously, like it's not a fix all. Like I've just gotten out of like one of just a, not a fun, depressive, like little bit um, mm-hmm. for the past, like 
several weeks to a month or so um, and kind of coming out of that. And like it happens, but I'd much rather be um, sad and hot than I was just sad. And it's like it just it it's very interesting because there is like this complexity to it in the fact that like I am much more comfortable. I am much happier on a like a on a baseline. But there are still things that like it's going to transitioning takes like it's a lot to do and you need like friends and people to support you because it's a difficult thing. Like it's totally rewarding and it's nice, but there is like this, like there's a lot that goes on and obviously you like transition if that's right for you. I don't regret transitioning. And it's one of the, like I transitioning was the single best decision I've ever made in my entire life. I, I, 100% stand by that no matter what happens. Um, But it's a thing of like adding on to that. And I'm going to be um, quitting my job um, coming up pretty soon as well. And that adds some extra stress. And there's a lot of things that just like, oh, (laughs) and add on to it that like change is, change for me is extremely scary. Um, And I'm just like, ah, It, it adds on sometimes, but like, Overall, I'm much happier on a baseline, or at least, if not happier, more comfortable. And the highs are much, much higher. Because, like, the baseline of enjoyment and the baseline of life, the euphoria that I used to get in short bursts has just been baked into my day-to-day life. What are some of the biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome? And, you know, what have you done to get through those? Mm Mm-hmm. I think a large part of hurdles has been figuring out my identity in aspects of it because like I tried using the label of like non-binary trans woman for a little bit and that never really stuck. And I think like trying to figure out my label and what identity I wanted to be used kind of took some time for me very much on like, um, very much I did feel like a disconnect from womanhood and I still do. I, I don't really feel a strong desire to, feel womanhood per se. Um, But I think like, and and I think trying to square, not square the circle, but trying to like figure that out and explore that in terms of where everything sits has been a large part of it, especially because as somebody who is like, I'm fairly um, analytically minded uh, at the certain points, like I want answers and I want precision and very much my identity resists that um from any sort of like specific binary framework um and ways that people talk about um gender in relationship to the binary don't always appear like don't always jive with how I I feel um and it's very much like I've tried and that's, that comes from like trying to explain and trying to get people up and to understand my gender and I keep running into people like either a just being willfully ignorant and being like saying like oh hey my gender is feminine I am not a woman um so don't call me one feminine compliments are perfectly fine and people will look at that and be like this is so confusing I don't understand this and want to like and expect an explanation from me constantly and expect me to tell them exactly what terms I want to be called. Um, and like a lot of terms have very specific contexts and conditions to them that just listing all that out is just an impossible task. Um, but I, I think navigating that kind of squishiness in the, in the identity and gender has been kind of an interesting thing. 
Um, and I basically hurdled that by trying my best and ignoring whatever else. <laughs> Specifically for like understanding how to talk about like my non-binary identity as it is, a large part of that's been because um, I've tried to explain it so many times to people on TikTok and it just never works. Um, partly because people refuse to acknowledge non-binary identities just as a whole. Um, not in terms of like a validity thing, but just like I very often talked about being trans and I very often talked about my trans femme identity mm-hmm. um, just because for me, that's largely how I consider my gender. It is this trans femme thing and the non-binary thing is basically um, is another part and it's very important to me. Um, but it's basically just like I am trans femme, I am non-binary and they are one in the same. Like I am in, in terms of my identity, they are both sides of the same coin effectively. Um, but it's a thing of, I went through like a month period where I used only strangers use they, them pronouns for me. Um, and even then when I was just talking about being trans femme or anything else like that, I would have trans people or non-binary people use she, her comments, call me a woman and everything else like that in my comments. And it's because people, when they hear me say trans, they immediately think binary trans person because it doesn't come to their mind. They don't think of that like trans and non-binary. Somebody can be both. And then of course you have people like, if I don't fit into a clear cookie cutter box, they don't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had people try and throw labels at me being like, oh, is this label right? Is this label right? And I've had people say, oh, so gender neutral, but so gender neutral, but feminine presentation. Oh, Demi girl. Oh, gender fluid. Oh, this. And just throw out labels that I don't identify with at all. Um, and like, if I did identify with those, I would share them, but I haven't vibed with any terms other than non-binary trans femme and trying to like get people to just understand and accept that. And that I don't have a connection to womanhood and I don't want to don't have that. It's just like I said, I've mainly just given up at this point on trying to get people who see my videos on TikTok to actually understand. <laughs> if somebody's close enough to me that I care about how uh, care about them having a specific and detailed explanation, they will get a specific and detailed explanation because they're close to me and I like they will experience and understand my gender a lot better than some random person on TikTok. Are there times when those that kind of push back or those comments, those labels and things do kind of strike at a core in you and make you feel, you know, and strike at your validity and make you feel a little kind of shaky in that? Never my validity per se. Um, I don't think there's ever been somebody who's like used a term wrongly and just been questioning my validity because my validity has always come from just my internal sense of this and being uh people on the internet have never really shaken my validity and whatever i know i'm valid i live my experiences on a day-to-day life i i know how i feel some random commenter doing something's not going to change that it's just annoying when it's like hey i'm non-binary and somebody's like wow you're a pretty woman and i'm like "Ah, okay i'm just gonna move on I, they don't deserve an explanation from me and they're not entitled to anything. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel you've been able to accomplish because of the fact that you're trans? Hmm. 
I, hmm, it's very interesting. Um, I feel like anything I accomplish now is due to the fact of me being trans and due to the fact of me knowingly, like, making myself more comfortable and just being trans. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the fact that I'm deciding to switch careers a little bit at this point, that's in part to, like, me being trans has given me like stability in that decision in a lot of aspects. And like, I know myself a lot better now and I have a lot more introspection mm-hmm. uh, and other stuff that I got from having to figure out that I'm trans. Um, mm. And then like, I have a lot more friends and I have a lot more support systems now because mm. like in part because I'm trans and because I seek those out inside trans communities. And like, I, and very much like TikTok. I have a lot of stuff on TikTok that I have because like I'm trans and because I like talk about my experience as a trans person. What is the favorite thing that you've learned through your journey? Honestly, I think a large part of it has been expanding my understanding of oppression largely. Um, I was never like right leaning or anything else like that. I was very like... um. I was on the left, at least um, in America and stuff. Um, But as I've kind of understood my trans identity, um, taking a look at the oppressive structures inside our society and stuff, that's kind of very much been something that has allowed me to look at that and then look at it from like an intersectional perspective as well. And looking at it not only from how um, society um, uses like transphobia, but also like racism, ableism, uh, and other forms of oppression like that. And really prompting me to take a deeper look um and question a lot and doing more works to be anti-racist um and unpacking and unlearning a lot of really bad behavior that I just had and mm-hmm. that's a that's a lifelong thing um but I definitely think like adding that was like one like allows me to be a much better advocate and allows me to make better things which is nice Um, but also just like, is just like a good thing to not be a a horrible person. Listening to a much more diverse uh, set of opinions has been a diverse set of um, ideologies as well has been very useful. I mean, I'm uh, able-bodied, I'm white and like I... I'm I'm straight sized and all these other things that like I still have a lot of power inside oppressive structures. Um, and I very much need to like look at that critically and just understand I could be doing a lot of harm that I'm not actually realizing. Mm. Um and that's that's not good to do harm to people. Turn turns out harm is bad. But <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Wow. Who who knew? But yeah, listening to people inside those communities and listening to people who's like intersects with trans identities as well to make sure that like the trans spaces that I make are, or the trans spaces that like I'm a part of and other stuff like that, listen to and include voices of intersections that I don't belong to. And to make sure that it is a welcoming space, not just for white trans femme people and white trans mask people, but for um, trans people of color, for trans people um, with neurodivergencies, for trans people who are disabled and making sure that we expand and make it a safe space, not just for the most privileged trans people, but for everybody. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have to pass on to young or closeted trans people out there? Mm -hmm. And the question that came in from the audience, what advice would you pass on to your younger self? 
So my advice to my younger self would be research trans and non-binary identities, have fun. Because <laughs> um, I've thought about that question a lot of what would I tell my younger self? I I don't know because I wasn't in like the best place growing up um, that it would have been a good idea for me to be trans or to know that I'm trans and to like come out as trans. You are going to, or at least for me, like I thought about my identity a lot um, and I thought about where I landed and where I thought. And I still think a lot, like I'm basically going through an ongoing gender crisis (laughs) and that's fine. Like, I just accepted that like that's part of my life and living in the society we live in that I'm just going to constantly question, am I just a gender or am I just like gender neutral? Am I just a trans woman? And I think for me, a large part of this boils down to my advice. Don't worry about labels. Labels are extremely helpful. They are very useful descriptive tools to talk about your experience with other people in a way that gets you both on a relatively similar page. They are not necessarily the cornerstone to an identity. I very much am non-binary trans femme because that is the labels that best describe my identity and best describe my lived experiences and how I move about the world. But to think like me intrinsically, I am non-binary trans femme at my core is something I don't vibe with. Um just because labels are abstractions, they are meant to explain, not meant to prescribe. Mm-hmm. I am non-binary trans femme that doesn't require anything of me other than to know this is the label that best suits my identity. And figuring just, if somebody has a label that seems contradictory or anything else like that, you they know themselves better than you. Like I very often... um I, I'm a lesbian as well. Um, and I'm a non-binary lesbian and I'll occasionally get people being like, well, isn't lesbian woman for woman, um, or woman being attracted only to women. And it's like, no, it's not. But also if somebody's calling themselves a non-binary lesbian, they probably understand their identity better than you do. So listen to people and the terms they use and just realize that is like, it is a part of their identity, sure, but I feel like people get very caught up on labels occasionally, and labels are incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to discredit or discount them, and very often people will find a label that they're like, oh, this speaks to me. This vibes with the way that I feel, and it can help them understand their identity better. Yeah, But it's not just a one-way process. Labels don't help you understand your identity better. Um, labels, your identity informs what labels work best. But labels are not the full explanation for me, at least. Like it is not a full explanation of my identity. Mm-hmm. It is just a useful tool, and that's what a label is. Well, I feel like kind of what you're alluding to, and, and what you push back on, is where labels start to turn into limitations. It turns into mm-hmm. a box that that you're supposed to fit into and fit into perfectly. Oh, if that's your mm-hmm. label, then you've got to then you've got to you know fulfill these certain constraints. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I very often see this with like non-binary often gets um, reduced down into a a third gender option of either like gender neutral or a gender or something else like that. So Mm -hmm. somebody who like for me, they're often try and push into, oh, so you're gender neutral, but you have a feminine presentation. And I'm like, no, 
oh, so you don't have a gender, but you are fine with gendered terms. I'm like, no. Or, and, and people try and condense me down into a single thing. And I've also seen it happen before with like, um, uh, people who are a gender or anything else like that, who do any form of transition, be that medical, social presentation, anything else like that, um, can very often be like told, ask like, oh, so you're trans mask, you're trans femme and try and push them into a category that they don't want to be in. You don't owe anybody an explanation of your identity. You don't owe them a justification for why you are doing the things you are doing. You know yourself better than anybody else. If you think a term, if you think a transitioning, if you think any aspect of transition, social, medical, uh, presentation, anything, if you think that's the best thing for you, nobody can tell you differently and you don't owe anybody an explanation for what you're doing. If somebody asks, why are you doing that? You can feel free to answer, but you can also just say, this is what I want to do. And you don't need to justify it any further. You are more than welcome to, but people are not owed an explanation of your identity because it confuses them. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Transgender Show from The Transverse Network. Watch this show live Tuesday nights at twitch.tv slash The Transverse and later on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Transverse. Be sure to check out our guest Cole on TikTok at Nonstop Cole Pop. If you love what we're doing and want to help support The Transverse and get access to exclusive content, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash The Transverse.